Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. episode there's usually like a reason right I usually like want to talk about something um what's happening or like personal and this whole week I was like excited to do a solo episode um I had like all these ideas and then I hit record and I'm completely blank completely blank and I'm really pissed off myself because I even like distinctly remember being like Natalie you should write a couple of these things down because you're not recording for a couple of days and you're gonna forget and then my cocky self was like "Mm -mm, I have a great memory I do not have a great memory I don't I do but I don't if that makes sense so here we are In this solo episode, you are going to hear a lot of sounds of nature in the background. I'm not outside, but it's just a nice fucking day out. Yesterday was great. So energy is super um, buoyant and happy and chill. I can see the trees outside my window budding. I'm hearing kids playing outside in the shared backyard. You're most likely going to hear them too. I'm assuming they can hear me as well. I don't know. I don't know how sound works. The last time I did an episode was a couple weeks ago, and like obviously, a lot of shits happened. There is this crazy energy, at least in New York, of just being so excited, of being like so, of what feels like is so close to quote unquote reopening the new, whatever our new is. And it's electric and it's um, palpable and it's, it's like the, like a yawn. Like when someone has it, then all of a sudden you have it too. Like you can't not feel this way. But at the same time, it has been horrifying to watch how quickly the old normal has come back through America as well as we now start having daily back-to-back mass shootings, people being murdered. I Today, there was one in Virginia Beach. And... <laughs> I'm so sick of the conversations, of the think pieces, of, (sighs) and not because I disagree. I I fully want full, you know, expansive gun control restrictions. Uh, There's no, there's, I'm I'm very anti-gun, but I forgot how depleting the cycle is, the mass shooting the suspect. Now we learn about the suspect and that always differs by their race. <laughs> were they a terrorist because they were brown or were they just, you know, having a bad day because they're white? 
and you slowly learn about the victims and the families and the reasons behind, quote unquote, behind the mass shooting. Uh, who I and I'm not going to say anything smart or poetic that I don't think has already been said. I just forgot how draining and depleting and, and horrifyingly sad this is. And I'm not saying the journalists should stop writing these articles and the needs to continue to be talked about. But when is there going to be real change? When is there going to be an open and honest conversation about who's committing these horrible mass shooting murders? Uh, when When will there be accountability i don't know actual change on a like country level um in ways that like other countries have handled mass shootings like new zealand and australia i don't know like hearing kids in the background and and knowing that you know it's super normal for them to do a drill for a mass shooter (laughs) you know i didn't do that in high school i have a feeling a lot of you guys didn't as well or any school because they do it at like every age now from elementary all the way up to high school and just robbing kids of of their innocence a little bit and literally robbing families from their loved ones when they're murdered by an assailant i don't know just this this horrible person that was able to easily buy a gun and thought they had the right and the privilege to destroy people's lives, to eliminate someone's life, to end it, to alter so many people's lives from this one moment. And I don't know, and like what happened in Atlanta, you know, I can't remember who said it wasn't a hate crime. And it's, to me, it's definitely hate crime. It's a, and it's multiple like reasons too, not just because the victims were or Asian, but also because they were sex workers and, and just how there's no protection. And this makes me very, you know, wary of, you know, Kamala Harris because of her background with, with sex workers. And just, I don't know, I don't have anything thought provoking. All of this is, is just kind of a, a rant about I don't want to go back to this and I don't think I don't think anyone does except the fucking NRA. And I wasn't I don't know, I wasn't going to do like a somber one. But you know, I got on Twitter like right before and I saw that and I'm from Virginia. I used to live in Newport News, uh which is a probably about like, you know, a 35 45 minute trip to Virginia Beach. Been to Virginia Beach a lot in my life. Um and it's not that like this one you know, hurt more or I felt it more. I don't know. It was just, I just haven't been able to stop thinking about it. Um, or any of them, you know, Atlanta and then fucking Boulder, Colorado, fucking grocery store workers and just seeing how just the bullshit, that's just the fucking bullshit of like what grocery store workers have gone through in this past year and have always gone through and how quickly we called them heroes. Uh, <laughs> And did nothing to protect them and nothing, nothing's changed. You know, people are like, oh, they get paid more. Yeah, I know like fucking 
I know a lot of stores paid more and then cut all of the, their employees' hours. So all that happened at Trader Joe's is the one that I work at. Uh, and people like lost their health insurance because people might not be aware, but like the way the system worked for at least Trader Joe's was you have to work a certain amount of hours per week. You have to average a certain amount, you know, per like quarter or whatever enrollment time to qualify to continue to qualify for this for their insurance. And so when you cut hours uh, because you don't want the employees making too much money, you don't want to lose too much of the new profits you made because these grocery stores, I made fucking millions of dollars uh, during COVID. Oh, I'm so angry. I can hear it. <laughs> yeah, and it just kind of goes back to like, I'm angry. <laughs> but I also know that you guys most likely agree. Um, Again, the listeners skew very left. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, it's just, I think it's very, what am I trying to say? What do I really think? I think I'm talking about it right now because with the happy energy of, you know, more people getting vaccinated, more friends being vaccinated, this this moment where you kind of feel like you can like exhale a little bit. Um, I mean, everyone's still wearing masks, everyone's still taking precautions, but, you know, we just feel so close to whatever the new side is. And that's amazing. That's so fucking cool. And I truly never thought it would happen for like another year. I really thought we had like two years of this. And so to be here, to be at, what is this, month 13, maybe, and to be so close is a dream come true. But there just is this like conflicting, these conflicting thoughts of, oh no, are we just going right back? And it just does feel like we're just going right back to the old. And I just really don't want that. I don't want it and I'm not gonna have it. So. <laughs> I'm just laughing because it's just kind of like, okay, Natalie. <laughs> okay. Um, we booked like Amtrak tickets uh, for something in the future. And it was so weird to buy Amtrak tickets because it was like, oh my God, we're going on public transportation. And also, the tickets were $19 because Amtrak is like, Mm, please come. Amtrak has a monopoly, obviously, on this, uh, on the rails. And I've paid upwards to like $400, like one way to see my family uh, by via train. So I didn't have to take a mega bus and smell like um, blue for 36 hours after. And I don't know if you'll ever get that joke, but you know, like those like blue little things you put in like urinals. That is what a mugga, mugga, that is what a mega bus smells like. Just smells like blue. So it's happy to see like the prices down. Um, I guess that's what I'm saying. But I'm also, you know, nervous about how many jobs were lost uh, to cacast of, you know, people not doing mass transportation anymore. I don't know why I just whispered that. I don't know. And like, I don't know about you guys, but it's also like, it's been weird getting used to being back in in the public again around people in public spaces 
and obviously like in New York City, it's always been kind of hard to not, you're just, people are around, but now to be like in a group of six outdoors at an outdoor, like seating at a bar where almost everyone is vaccinated. It's weird. You feel like you're breaking these rules, but you're not, you're still like doing everything right. I've seen a lot of like memes and a lot of people like on Instagram and stuff just being like, this is going to take a second. This is going to be weird. And I was like, no, it's not, it's not going to be weird. And now I'm like, oh no, I get what you're seeing. No, got it. Got it, got it, got it. Maybe for me personally, it's just everything is coming to a head so quickly when I did think I had more time and I don't need more time. If that's not like what I mean, but there's been so many changes in my life since like February and great changes. Um, you know, I was talking to Aaron about it earlier today and I'm just trying to think of how I want to say this. We are talking about it because there's information that I don't want to put on the podcast. Not that it's bad or anything, but it's just something I'm going to talk about later. What was it? Aaron was like, you have, he was like, I want you to stop and just like see how big of a win this is. And I was like, no, no, I see it. I see it. It's a great win. It's big, big. Of course, that's me like rushing and not saying. And he was just like, Natalie, like you've so much has happened in the past couple of months because you had that year to fully just rest and you're now seeing like um the benefits of of quote unquote you know resting and like doing the work and it was really emotional to like stop and think about that of just like holy shit yeah like that is true um and that's not to say like oh you should have been resting and you should have been like changing yourself i personally had to do it <laughs> because we all know like where I was last year and the year before that, like I hadn't been okay for a couple of years. Um, and by like, okay, I just mean like I wasn't taking care of myself in the ways that I thought I was. Um, I had, I had developed habits that were just very not okay for me mentally. And I was given the ability to rest for a whole fucking year. And, you know, one of the big changes was a job, you know, I now have a, a job that's in like, I guess like the corporate world. I don't know. Um, that's taken a lot to get used to. And I've been, I, if you don't already know this about me or can't tell I'm a fucking perfectionist. And so I think the thing that like stopped me from really like looking and changing and getting away from babysitting and getting away from Trader Joe's years ago was having to, to go through that part where you don't know the job, right? And you're you were literally just like bad at it. Like this past month, I have like been bad at this job. No fault of my own. It's just, this is kind of the only way to learn. And everyone's been like, you're doing great. This is awesome. Blah, blah, blah. Like there's no, you know, there's no pressure to be perfect. This is all the shit I'm putting on myself. And I was just thinking about the other day of just like, oh, th this is why you didn't do it for so long. Because you hate this part. You hate this part. It's so uncomfortable. It's so not what you want the world to see you as, which is a human that makes fucking mistakes because it's a brand new job that you've never done before. And that's another thing. This is a job that like I wasn't 100% qualified for. And I think that's something that women do a lot where you just, you only apply for the jobs that you qualify for. And then I saw this great meme that was like, apply for the fucking job. They're going to teach you how to do it. And that's truly what's happened, right? It's like, now they're teaching me and I'm just bad at it, but it's a fucking job. So who fucking cares? 
I don't think that works for every type of job. Like, I don't think you can do that, like, as a doctor. But it just made me wonder, like, how much, or not how much, how many people do that. And that being just not taking that step or that plunge because they know it's going to be uncomfortable and they're going to have to ask for help and they're going to have to fall and stumble a lot. And I think we've really been conditioned to be perfect and and to, to present ourselves a certain way. And when that's not an option, to get to the next step, do we just not take that step? Um, and I think that's, can be, that idea, I guess, can also be used in a lot of different scenarios, not just changing a job because you're unhappy. I think you see it a lot in relationships. Um, do you stay with this person because you know what to expect, um, even if it's not what you want and you're not happy or maybe they're not treating you right? Or do you let go and and be truly alone and and live in that uncomfortableness and that awkwardness and sometimes that loneliness. Like, you know, starting a new job can be lonely. Starting a new, breaking up is lonely. Breaking up with friends is lonely. You know, breaking up in a romantic relationship is lonely. And I just wish there was more of a support system around these moments of like massive change that is just truly you bettering yourself or bettering the situation for yourself or maybe like more honesty around it. Like people always say, break up with this person. They're not good for you. They're not good for you. Instead of being like, break up with this person. They're not good for you. It is going to suck for a little bit. I think if we were more honest about that part too, I think it would be easier. for people to do it makes me think of the the i mean the last time i broke up with him it wasn't a bad breakup but it was an awful relationship and i knew from the get-go that i was not am i saying that right anyhow that i knew i was not being treated right i knew i was miserable i knew it i would never admit it me and this person would break up off and on i think at least three times i'm pretty sure it was three times we officially broke up Two times he did it. Last time I broke up with him. And I think I stayed because it looked from the outside, it looked like what I wanted relationships to look like for me, which was, you know, dating this person in this comedy community. And that was kind of it. Rather than being like, mm, you two aren't compatible. You two are in very different spots of in your lives. He cannot give you what you need. And I actually don't think you can give him what he needs. But it felt way easier to just stick with it rather than have these like very truthful conversations with myself of like, am I happy? What do I need? And so that year afterwards, which I have talked about extensively on this podcast, my year of dick. And, you know, I I talk about it a lot for jokes, you know, and it's true. I knew I did not want to be in a relationship, one, with a comedian, and two, I just didn't want to be in a relationship because I knew I did not know what I needed. 
but I also wanted sex. And so that is what blossomed from it, right? Is just this, you know, me being very honest with people that I'm, you know, hooking up with, blowing, fucking, um, and being blowed by of this, like, this is what I can give you. And if that's cool with you, then like handshake, let's go for it. If not, that's cool. And, and like vice versa. And what's really wild, what's so wild is in six days, me and Aaron will have been together for six years. So that means like, like I'm in the time that this like just happened and it's wild that it was six years ago. It doesn't feel like it feels like it was, it truly feels like it was fucking yesterday. It was six fucking years ago. Well, seven. I broke up with that dude seven years ago in 2013. And I still, on that day that it happened, think about, or like the anniversary of it, think about that day. And remember, because I wouldn't break up with him until like the evening because he had like play practice or some shit for like 12 hours. And I was like, dude, I'm not talking to you. And even before breaking up with him, just like the how the pressure was gone and how it just, it felt so nice again to be able to breathe. Even though you knew what was coming, like was, which was being alone um, and having your friends being in relationships around you and, and having to like, I think it's so gross and cliche, but to, you don't really sit down and think of like, what do I need? This episode has just gone all over the place. And I'm going to end it soon because I think I want to end on this. Reopening is super scary. And I do not think we should pretend like it's not. And I think there's a lot of conversation around like, is it time? And I don't know. I don't know if it's time. I don't know if it's time for, you know, Broadway to be able to raise their curtains. I don't know if it's time for indoor shows. I don't know if it's time for more people inside. And I'm only speaking about New York. I don't know about other states. I don't know what's going on except the ones that have been like, no more restrictions. And it's like, that's too soon. Yeah, I think we need some restrictions. But it is undeniable that we are moving towards reopening. And I think in this process, it's very important for all of us to kind of stop and ask yourselves and ask yourselves honestly, what do we need from ourselves, from other people, from this? What are our boundaries going forward? And I kind of realized, I think yesterday that like, I actually don't know my boundaries really yet in this new reopening because I was just so excited to get to the other side, right? Why the chicken cross the road? Because they just wanted to fucking... <laughs> not have to be freaked out by COVID for a second. And COVID's still very real. I think it's still about a thousand people dying a fucking day. It's still very real. Don't discredit your feelings in this. And after I get off this podcast, I am going to sit down and be like, what are my boundaries? What do I feel safe with? What do I not feel safe with? It's truly like, like a lightning bolt moment of just like you, Natalie, you did not think about this. And again, I think this can be applied to so many parts of our lives. It just a lot of times gets bypassed because I think we get afraid of the answer. But as someone who's done it multiple times now of like, what are my new boundaries? What do I feel about the situation? 
I promise you it is worth the uncomfortableness, the loneliness, the pain of whatever situation it is that you're going through. It might also, I don't think, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be that dramatic when I figure out like, what are my boundaries for reopening? Um, as it were in the past for other situations. But if it's, if you are possibly using this for something else in your life, it could be scary and lonely and painful. Truly one of the most profound things I'd ever seen ever was like one sentence that was just like, no one ever tells you that the healing hurts more. And I was like, oh shit. And it does. And I think as we reopen, we're going to see a lot of that painful, painful healing for, for people. And then also that unchecked grief is going to be coming. I just, I just want you to be patient with yourself. And it's also kind of me talking to myself um, again, because I feel like I've lectured. I really like this whole episode of lectures. I don't know. You guys seem to like them. That's great. If you, if I'm ever lecturing, please let me know because that's what it feels like. I just want you to be patient with yourself and I want you to hold yourself tenderly. And I want you to talk to yourself like you would talk to your best friend. And I don't want you to hold yourself to a high standard too. I want you to be able to one day look at yourself and be like, I'm fucking human. I have made so many mistakes. I am going to continue to make so many mistakes. Some of those mistakes are going to be really painful for me. And some of these mistakes are really painful for other people. And I'm fucking human. And I'm going to sit and I'm going to learn from those past mistakes. But I'm also going to fucking forgive myself. <laughs> Natalie. And this one's so, this episode's so intense. And I, I think now, like, going through it, I think I was just going to talk about Erin the whole time because her six-year anniversary is coming up. And I was like, no, y'all. Let's get real. <sighs> okay. The sun is shining. I literally hear birds chirping on my fire escape. I'm going to end this because I feel like it's put me in a weird headspace and I don't want to be in a weird headspace right now. I want to go out and get that vitamin D. I can also say, can report that I have moisturized my legs for the first time in I think seven or eight months. So summer is officially over. If you are in New York City and you see light reflecting off of very pale legs, it is most likely me say hi a socially distance hi the next couple of months are going to be bumpy i as i nod my head reassuringly to myself and i think that's okay and i think even though this wasn't a very hopeful episode i still feel very very hopeful it is mind-blowing how much you have grown without even realizing it because there's no way we haven't changed through this year there's just no way whether it was active or passive and so I just want to say uh, thank you again. Thank you again a million times, a thousand times over and over again for allowing this podcast to be what it has evolved into, which has truly been a crutch for me in a good way of um, giving my sanity and, uh, you know, allowing me to do solo episodes. They, uh, I think I've talked about this. They were talked about years before they happened um my producer very much wanted me to start doing solo episodes solo episodes and i was very afraid of them and i got the unwanted push that i needed and here we are and I, they are what not what i thought they would be i think that's cool when something becomes nothing like you thought it would be 
and it's okay that it is that thing. If it is sunny and warm where you are, I hope you can get outside for a little bit. Can you hear the birds? There's there's so many. They're just like bucking right now. I love it. I'm going to stop. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to get some vitamin D. And that vitamin D. And I will talk to you guys next week. Wear your mask. Get vaccinated if you can. If you're comfortable getting vaccinated. Wash your hands. Mm, And clean your butt. I still don't really clean my butt well. I wipe. I just don't like, I don't know, in the shower. Just, I don't know, it seems like a lot of work. And the water is already hitting it. I don't know. It's not just like a bidet. And also go masturbate because it's great indoor fence if you can't get outside. Okay, bye.